Acts chapter 4. When last we met, Peter and John have delivered healing to a crippled beggar at the gate of, of the temple in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. They prayed, they delivered healing in that name at the gate of the temple. And the gathering crowd is shocked and, and astonished. Acts chapter 4 opens up. Peter and John, they're speaking to the people and the priests and the captain of the guard and, and the Sadducees, those, those leaders of the religious Jewish aristocracy who don't believe in the resurrection, but they are there and they come up to Peter and John and they're disturbed because Peter and John are teaching the people and they're proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. I mean, really, if Jesus can be resurrected from the dead, then a crippled man can walk. That's no problem <laughs> for healing to be delivered in the name of Jesus. And they are disturbed, these, these leaders, these lives who normally come into temple, they were stopped on the way in when all this was going on. And so the priests and... They're alerted to this, the captain of the guard, and now the Sadducees, and they come and they, they lay hands on Peter and John, and not in a matter of like a Sunday night prayer meeting where they lay hands to pray. They are laying hands on Peter and John to throw them into jail. They put them into prison until the next day because it's already evening. When Peter and John came to the temple, it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon, if you remember, and now it's evening. But in Acts chapter 4, verse 4, we read that many of those who heard Peter's message, they believed. And the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Woo! <laughs> it's now the next day. And on the next day, the rulers and the elders and the scribes, they're gathered together in Jerusalem. And Annas, the high priest, is there, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. All of these, all of these heavy hitters, these hoity-toity, the rulers, and the elders, and the scribes, Annas, the high priest, his son-in-law, Caiaphas, two other names associated with, with religious and civic authority, and Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, is not only giving us some historical context by naming these names, but he's also telling us who's present and who's going to see and experience what's going to happen next. And so they, they place Peter and John in the center, and they begin to inquire, by what power, this is verse 7, or in what name have you done this? So after a night in jail, Peter and John are released and they're placed in the council's center and there's no way out. They're surrounded and the inquest begins. Notice the line of questioning. By what power or in what name have you done this? And this being the healing of the crippled beggar by the temple gate. And you've probably noticed this. There's nary a word of appreciation or awe for the beggar being healed, is there? Well, I'm a fan of go big or stay home. So look at what happens next. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, begins to preach. Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, and 
just as Jesus said that he would be. Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 10 went as follows to the disciples. Be on guard against people, for they will hand you over to the courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will even be brought before governors and kings on my account. And Jesus told the disciples, But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who are speaking, but it is the Spirit of your Father who is speaking in you. So Peter is, is given both what to say and the boldness with which to say it. Peter is given both what to say and the boldness with which to say it. And Peter says to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, let's not forget whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. Jesus, he is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among mankind by which we must be saved. Peter, who, who once ran away on the night of Jesus' arrest in the garden, Peter, who once denied Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times, in front of strangers, out of fear, Peter now calls out this group of elders and rulers and scribes, these high priests, two of whom, Annas and Caiaphas, if you remember, they were both involved with the first trial of Jesus. Peter is operating under the confident leadership and influence of the Holy Spirit. And he gives an answer to the question, by what power or in what name have you done this? If John and I are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man, as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you, all of you, and all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man, this crippled beggar, stands here before you in good health. By this name, the name of Jesus. And then Peter reminds these leaders of Israel of the true identity of the man they crucified, Jesus. The fulfillment of all that the prophets of Israel had shared over centuries regarding the, the salvation of not only Israel, but of all people. Peter, he digs deep into the Scriptures. He goes to Psalm 118. 
the 118th Psalm, verse 22, reads as follows. A stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And Peter says of Jesus, He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, quote-unquote the builders, but which has become the chief cornerstone. John says in the opening of John chapter 1 regarding Jesus that His own received Him not. Received Him not. They didn't want Him. He was rejected. And this stone has now become a stone which is the chief cornerstone. A stone which now sets the foundation and the direction of the faith of the people of God. A stone which now sets the, not only the foundation, but also the direction of the faith of the people of God. And, and these priests, and these elders, and these scribes, they, they actually heard Jesus himself give this warning in Matthew chapter 21. But now... They are trying to dismiss both Peter and this prophecy which is fulfilled in Jesus. Peter says there's salvation in no one else. No one else. For there's no other name. No other name under heaven. No other name under heaven that has been given among mankind. No other name by which we must be saved. No other name but the name of Jesus these rulers and elders and scribes, they are observing the confidence of Peter and John. And they, are, they understand that these two are uneducated and untrained men. And verse 13 tells us they are amazed. And then they begin to recognize Peter and John as having been with Jesus. These rulers and elders and scribes Caiaphas, Annas, the other high priests, they see the confidence of Peter and John. And I would imagine that these leaders, they feel some degree of condescension. They look down their noses toward Peter and John. Have you ever had someone look down his or her nose toward you? I have. And I think the reason that these leaders do that to Peter and John, these religious leaders they understand that Peter and John are not like them. They're, they're uneducated, they're untrained. You know, they're not like us. They've not been to rabbinical school. They've not been trained as priests. And maybe these leaders are also thinking, well, we know they're not priests because as the priesthood is primarily made up of Jewish aristocracy, and we know everyone who is like us, we know these two, these two are fishermen. They're not high class. Look what Luke tells us. That all these in religious authority, all these in civic authority, they're amazed. And one reason, I think they begin to recognize Peter and John as having been with Jesus. In fact, Annas and Caiaphas may have actually seen Peter and John in the courtyard the night of Jesus' arrest. 
Think about the implications of that phrase, having been with Jesus. Having been with Jesus. Hmm. The rulers and the elders and the scribes, they, they see the man who has been healed. And the man who has been healed is standing beside Peter and John. And the rulers and the elders and the scribes, they have nothing to say. What more can be said? As we've seen the last couple of weeks, the crippled beggar was well known at the temple gate. He was well known. He, he had been begging at the gate for years, for years. And he was a fixture. And everyone going into the temple has seen this man. Certainly the religious leaders have. And <laughs> hopefully the, the civic leaders have, have been going to temple and they've seen the man too. They all know the beggar. And here they all see the beggar standing with Peter and John. And I would imagine there is an awkward silence of some length. And we read in verse 15, the leaders, they order Peter and John to leave the council, basically to leave the room for a few minutes. And the leaders, they, they begin to confer with one another what are we to do with these men? What are we to do? It's, it's that question often asked when leaders in power are faced with threats to their power. When they're faced with threats to their traditions or their influences. What are we to do? For the fact is, look there at 16. For the, for the fact is, a noteworthy miracle has taken place through these two. This noteworthy miracle is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. Ooh. The truth of the matter comes out. We cannot deny it. Well, one of the leaders has an idea. <laughs> Well, so that this does not spread any further among the people, let's warn them not to speak any longer to any person in this name. We've got a, we've got a fire going which we now have to put out. We've got to nip this. We've got to nip it in the bud so that it will not spread any further among the people. Let's warn them not to speak any longer to any person in this name. The Greek reads... Let us threaten them. These leaders are saying, we've seen one miracle worthy of note. We, we sure don't want to see any more. And in essence, they're really saying, we've seen a visitation. We've seen a visitation. The Lord has visited His people and we sure don't want that happening again. Think of the implications of that. When religious leaders don't want God to show up. Wow! They summon Peter and John... And they command them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. 
Don't speak his name. Don't teach in his name at all. Literally, do not utter at all this name. Do not utter at all. Don't give Jesus any credibility. We want to dismiss any acknowledgement of Jesus. Well, then Peter and John answer, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, make your own judgment. You all are educated priests, you know. You're supposed to be the smartest guys in the room. Make your own judgment, but we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. It's a fascinating response. Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, make your own judgment. If you think it honors God, if you really think that it honors God to listen to your voices and not listen to His, you decide for yourselves. It's a pretty pretty strong statement. However, we will not. (laughs) We cannot stop speaking, speaking about what we've seen and what we've heard, what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have witnessed. Years later, John would, when he is in his elder years and he's been exiled on the Isle of Patmos, he would write a letter that we know as 1 John, and in the very opening he would talk about Jesus and he would talk about the life, the one we've seen, the one we've heard, the one we've witnessed. What we've seen and heard and witnessed. Actually, what Peter and John are saying to the religious establishment, to those who, who think that they're in sovereign authority, over every matter of life and every matter of faith. What Peter and John are are saying without saying it. Regardless of whatever authority you think you might have to dismiss what's happening, regardless of all of that, Rulers, elders, and scribes, you've seen, you've heard, and you've witnessed this visitation of the Lord as well. So when they threaten Peter and John a little bit more, they let them go. Finding no basis on which to punish them. But look there... Look there in 21. They let them go on account of the people. Because the people, they're all glorifying God for what has happened. Because the man on whom this miracle of healing has been performed, this man was more than 40 years old. Mm. And the people are... (laughs) rightfully giving God the glory for bringing healing. The priests don't want to recognize it. The elders, the scribes don't want to recognize it. But the people do. These religious and civic authorities don't want a scene. They realize they have no argument. No argument at all.
that first question asked today when Peter and John are brought to trial. By what power or in what name have you done this? By, by whose name? What did Peter say? There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name. No other name under heaven that has been given among mankind by which we must be saved. No other name but the name of Jesus. And that's still true today. Jesus saves. And Jesus not only wants to save our lives, Jesus wants to transform our lives. And if you and I surrender our lives, surrender our decisions, our attitudes, our mouths, our habits, our hearts, our hearts which are in constant desire to stray. <laughs> and if we surrender all those things, if we will surrender all of these aspects of life to His Lordship, we will be transformed. And, and like Peter, and like John, some folks might see some things different about us. Some, some changes for the better. As if we'd had a visitation from the Lord. As if we'd had a visitation from the Lord. Some might recognize you and me as having been with Jesus. No other name by which we must be saved. No other name but the name of Jesus.